If you are a citizen of this country, you should be interested in a verification of the vote. Hmm. Starting to think the Trump people may not be citizens. Anybody check their ID later? Just asking. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. Stuck in the middle with you. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 KSO in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI, in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM and in Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM WLPP. And yes, Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're also heard streaming on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99. Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik. We are blanketing planet Earth five days a week. Whether you like it or not, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com, trying to make sense of it all. Uh, Counting of votes continues, or what we euphemistically call a recount. That continues today, sort of, in Wisconsin and Michigan. The, uh, The Team Trump efforts to block those counts uh, counts by computers in some places, by hand counts in others. The attempt to stop the counting continues in uh, in those two states and, uh, and in, in fact, in Pennsylvania. So while the, uh, the fight to count what little there is to count in Pennsylvania, where they use vapor, not paper, to uh, record, uh, record votes on their 100% unverifiable touchscreens. That fight continues in federal court following Jill Stein's filing uh, there yesterday seeking federal intervention to demand a statewide count and a forensic analysis of the voting systems used across Pennsylvania. A hearing is expected uh, in federal court uh, this week on that motion in Pennsylvania and more motions in uh, at least Michigan. So more recount news in a moment coming up a little bit later. Desi Doyen and the Green News Report. Hello, Desi Doyen. How Hello. are you? I'm good. Uh, a big uh, a big victory this week for the folks up in Standing Rock. We'll we'll cover that and much more in the uh, in the Green News Report today. But uh, Al Gore uh, met with Donald Trump on Monday. Uh, in what he called a productive session with Donald Trump at Trump Tower. Apparently, Gore spent 90 minutes in meetings at the, uh, well, what TPM calls the President-Elect's Trump Tower apartment and office building in Manhattan. In addition to meeting with Trump, he also met briefly with the Republican's daughter, Ivanka, who attended a series of high-level meetings since her father won the uh, November 8 election, according to TPM. 
this is uh, this is the same Al Gore who had warned that uh, Donald Trump would steer the world toward climate catastrophe if he was elected. That warning came amid Trump campaign speeches calling on uh, the United States to drop out of the global climate accord signed in Paris, the landmark Paris Accord, to lower carbon emissions blamed for a warming planet. Donald Trump has also referred to human-induced climate change as a hoax and had once famously tweeted that the concept of global warming was created for was created by and for the Chinese in order to make U.S. manufacturing non-competitive. However, since then, the New York Times uh, has indicated that Trump might have an open mind to joining the effort to battle climate change. I think that may be an overstatement, (laughs) but that's the way they uh, regard it. He he has now said that he is uh, uh, thinks there might be some connectivity to humans when it comes to global warming. Here was Donald. Uh, here was uh, Al Gore after meeting with Donald Trump on Monday. Uh, the bulk of the time was with uh, President-elect Donald Trump. Uh, I, I found it an, an extremely interesting conversation uh, and uh, to be continued. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Thank you. <laughs> extremely interesting. That's all we know about it, Des. Yeah, that's all we know. What do you make? Do you, do you make anything of this? Is the there only, anything to be made? The only thing I think that you can make of this mm-hmm. is how gullible the media really is. Um, yes, so? Al Gore was there and the New York Times, you know, when they had the meeting with Trump and he's mm-hmm. he floated the idea, oh, I've got an open mind, mm-hmm. you know, that that was a huge news day that day and everybody was talking about it. Everybody's talking about Al Gore going on. Meanwhile, don't look what's actually going on in other areas of the Trump transition team, because when you've got the media talking about Al Gore coming in and, oh, the New York Times, he's got an open mind, mm-hmm. they totally miss the part where he is, his transition team is talking about defunding NASA's climate science, yeah. where his transition team is talking about, you know, which we'll mention later in the Green News Report, privatizing Native American lands yeah. to extract fossil fuels from them. No one's looking at the other stuff going on. It is a very successful, I believe, successful distraction smokescreen technique. That's because you're so cynical. I guess so. But uh, so, but I, but yeah. I do want to support that Al Gore did go in and meet with him yeah. because Al Gore is very good about that. He says, I don't care who it is. I will talk to anybody about the danger that we're facing, the challenge that we're facing and the opportunity that we're facing. It's really that important. I will talk to anybody and, to get this across. And apparently he has in what was a, an interesting conversation, says yeah. Al Gore. So we'll see where that goes to be continued. Yeah, a lot of folks are saying, Oh, it looks like Ivanka Trump is going to try to be the climate czar and the Trump administration again, another smokescreen. It's all speculation until he actually does something. Uh, correct. And well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> maybe it'll be good if she's the climate czar, if she's not a, uh, a denier like her dad. But who knows? Nobody knows. They're all just right. guessing. It's all vaporware. As you so, said yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of vaporware uh, <laughs> and, and not trusting the uh, the corporate media. I know that a lot of people looked at the results of the uh, presidential election on November 8 and uh, immediately concluded, well, the turnout was down. That's the reason why Hillary Clinton wasn't named uh, the winner as everyone thought she would be, be, because people just simply did not turn out as they thought, and uh, Republicans do better in low turnout elections. Well, now Michael McDonald over at the U.S. 
election project who has been following the numbers. You know, they're still canvassing. We're still canvassing out here in in uh, in California and in other locations, even while these recounts of a sort are beginning in, uh, in in Wisconsin and Michigan, or at least underway already in in both states. Michael McDonald finds that with 18 states to go, and many of them are, are currently near their final numbers, the 2016 turnout rate was 59.1%. That is actually up from 2012 when the turnout rate was 58.6%. So turnout was actually up. So if you're looking uh, at that for an explanation for the uh, particular results, it's not turnout, at least not in, uh, in raw percentage numbers. He adds that the twist is likely a higher percentage of write-in and presidential abstentions. Turnout rate for president may be lower than in 2012. So this would be um, people who stood in line to vote, who tried to vote, and then decided they did not want to run, they did not want to vote for president at all in a presidential election. Is that actually what happened? Well, we don't know. We talked uh, a, a week ago, and finally now it's beginning to get some coverage. We talked a week ago with Richard Hayes uh, Phillips, and he talked about the fact that there was some 75,000 votes in or near Detroit uh, ballots that were cast on which there was no vote for president. Now, that can happen if people choose to uh, not vote. We call that an undervote if they just choose to not vote. But it can also happen in the event that the uh, the optical scan systems that are used in Detroit, Wayne County, don't read uh, don't read the actual vote for president on the on those ballots for some reason. A mistake, an error in the machine. Well, yeah, is what you're saying or something. Something okay. goes wrong that the ballot cannot be read, that it would have to be examined by human beings to determine if, in fact, somebody actually did vote for president in on those 75,000 ballots but for some reason the optical scan machine did not read the uh, did not read the vote now mind you the margin between Trump and uh, and Hillary Clinton in a state that Democrats have won for decades suddenly went to Donald Trump by just over 10,000 votes is where we are at this point in Michigan as the counts are underway so it would be nice to examine those 75,000 ballots to make sure, in fact, there was no vote on them uh, in the presidential race. However, our ability to do that, uh, even though a court has now federal court yesterday has ordered the counting to begin in Michigan, the number of ballots that can or cannot be counted is now in question. You may have seen this headline from The Guardian. Broken machines could throw Michigan recount into chaos. What? Like we need that problem. Uh, yeah, last night from uh, from The Guardian, uh, they reported broken polling machines may put vote counts in question in more than half, more than half of Detroit's precincts and nearly one third of surrounding Wayne County, possibly throwing the Michigan recount into chaos. If the discrepancies can't be solved by recounting every paper ballot in question by hand, a recount in those precincts won't happen. Donald Trump's margin over Clinton, Hillary Clinton means any chance that the state might flip on a recount hinges likely on Wayne County, where she won by a landslide. She 
lost um, in the certified results by some 10,000 votes in Michigan, but Wayne's uh, Wayne's population is 1.7 million. Thus, it is the likeliest candidate to contain errors that are bigger than uh, than that margin. Uh, the uh, Guardian reports 87 of Wayne County's decade-old voting machines broke on Election Day. According to Detroit's election director, Dan Baxter, he told Detroit News uh, that ballot scanners often jammed when polling place workers were trying to operate them, and every time a jammed ballot was removed from the machine and then reinserted, he thinks, Dan uh, Dan Baxter thinks, that the machine may have recounted it. Now, I don't know if that means they the machine recounted the vote or it just recounted that, oh, another ballot has gone through. So even though they only put in one ballot, you might say uh, that there was two ballots versus counting the races. Exactly. This we don't know. This is why we need to hand count, hand count, manually, publicly examine these ballots to make sure that these computer systems got it correct. Preliminary investigation by election officials in Wayne County found that 610, 610 of the area's 1,680 precincts could not reconcile the number of votes cast according to the machines with the number of ballots issued according to the electoral rolls. So there were uh, the poll books say one thing, but the number of ballots that were cast, according to the machines, say something else entirely. Now, Detroit contains uh, 662 of Wayne County's precincts. In 392 of those, the numbers did not match up. This is a problem. Potentially a big problem. According to state law, says uh, Detroit News, precincts whose poll books don't match with the ballots can't be counted. If that happens, the original election results stand. So whatever was already certified by the state, whether it was right or wrong, that will stand. Dan Baxter, again, the uh, Daniel Baxter, the elections director for the city of Detroit, said it's not good. You think? You think, you think Dan? Uh, However, however, Baxter said it's unlikely that all 392 of the city's precincts with mismatched numbers will be disqualified from the recount. Uh, Apparently, the city is talking to the state of Michigan, and uh, he predicts that the number will match when the ballot boxes are reopened for the recount, which uh, actually is supposed to begin today in Wayne County. So, I believe what he is saying here, and this is not easy to make sense of, and I've looked at the uh, the election law as well. I was unable to get in touch with anybody in either Wayne County or Detroit, any election officials, to to get a definitive answer on this. Um, but I, my understanding from what Baxter is saying in the various articles I've read is that uh, they will open the ballot boxes, and if the number of ballots in those boxes matches the number of people who signed in to the poll books, then the, the recount can go ahead. Uh, that that it's probably an error with the machines themselves and the number of ballots they are saying uh, were cast by voters. But when we check the poll books against the actual physical number of paper ballots, that hopefully those will match up to the satisfaction of the uh, of the canvassers of the um, uh, the, the recounters. Apparently. 
the previous canvassers before the recount simply accepted the the mismatched numbers between the uh, the number of ballots and the uh, number of of of, uh, of of votes reported by the voting machines. Those were somehow, for some reason, simply accepted. But we could be talking about disqualifying a huge number of precincts uh, that would make it uh, almost impossible to actually for for either Hillary Clinton to catch up in the vote count or for the public to know what the results really should be. So uh, this is disturbing, and it didn't only happen in Detroit. In the first six hours of Ingham County's uh, count on Monday, six of 30 precincts from Lansing, which is a very Republican uh, area, those uh, ballots could not be counted, at least in the first six hours. So they're going to try to reconcile it in some way. But according to Michigan election law, uh, and I'm reading d- directly from the election law here. Uh, the uh, the board of canvassers conducting a recount pursuant to this chapter shall recount all ballots of a precinct that used an electronic voting system unless one or more of the following circumstances exist. And here's the circumstance in question. If the number of ballots to be recounted and the number of ballots issued on Election Day as shown on the poll list or the computer printout do not match and the difference is not explained to the satisfaction of the board of canvassers. You know, this is just another reason why I continue to call for hand counting paper ballots. Who knows what's right or wrong here? We don't yet know. Hopefully the uh, the the hand count, if it's allowed to continue, it's continuing now. But the team Trump who thinks they have won are doing everything they can to stop this counting. But this is exactly why this type of counting must continue so we can figure out. What actually happened, how people actually voted. I mean, in truth, uh, if some of these ballots were counted uh, more than once in Detroit, Hillary Clinton's uh, uh, margin of, of victory in Detroit might be too large. Donald Trump could actually gain uh, could gain votes from this particular count in Detroit, which is, you know, very Democratic, went for Hillary Clinton like two to one with the existing numbers that we have right now. Who knows what they really did and who knows about those 75,000 ballots that have purportedly no vote on them whatsoever for president. So this is why we need to count now in a so-called recount. But this is also why we should have counted these ballots by hand in the first place. At least according to me. Uh, the um, well, I just had the, a quick yeah. thing. Also, it, it's also something that uh, Alex Halderman, the computer scientist, had said mm-hmm. in his opening statement. You know that you know we should find out if the machines are actually doing it right. And he said, by the way, this also proves as a deterrent to any potential would-be hackers to say, yeah, we will check and see. Well, of if course you got it does because right now we don't check anything. We don't check anything in the entire country. This is a signal to the world to steal our elections, not just to the world, but, uh, you know, it's a signal to to, to, to people here to in the bad this guys. country, to the bad guys. Yes, yeah, steal the election. There is a very, very, very tiny possibility that you will ever be discovered 
Because we don't bother to actually go back and count ballots. And we'll fight in court as well. And we'll fight in court to stop you from doing so. Exactly. And we'll jack up the prices so it costs you millions of dollars to find out who won or lost an election. The Stein campaign late today put out uh, a, a statement on uh, on some of this, saying the desperate attacks from the uh, Trump and uh, Trump team and Michigan's Republican Attorney General Bill Sh- uh, Schutte come in spite of the fact that the Michigan Board of Canvassers is moving forward with the recount following an order on Monday from federal court. Uh, saying that the uh, federal judge there said that the count, the recount must continue until further order of this court. And that would seem to mean that uh, the challenges in state court uh, to try to get this to stop uh, can't move forward. Or at least if the, even if the state court decides the uh, the count should not move ahead, that they can't stop counting until a federal judge agrees because the federal courts have uh, primacy over state courts. Dr. Jill Stein, uh, the Green Party candidate who has asked for all of these counts, said Donald Trump and GOP allies in Michigan are launching an attack against the recount and attempting to strip the constitutional and civil rights of Michigan voters who are demanding that their voices be heard. This, uh, I should note, is the nation's first ever multi-state, and I hadn't realized, first ever multi-state presidential recount. First time we've had counts in, uh, statewide counts in more than one state. At a time, In addition to verifying the reliability of our voting machines, says Stein, this recount has begun to expose a modern-day electoral Jim Crow. She says hand-counting the ballots has revealed many irregularities and red flags about the quality and maintenance of voting technology. The handling of ballots and other aspects of election administration in communities of color. She's talking about these uh, these Detroit concerns here. This raises questions about whether historically marginalized communities have been massively disenfranchised during this election. Now, we had David uh, David Cobb, the uh, Jill Stein's campaign manager and the 2004 presidential candidate for the Green Party on this program yesterday. If you missed that show, you can go to bradblog.com. But one of the things that he pointed out was that back in 2004, when he joined with the libertarian candidate at the time, Michael Badnarik, to ask for a recount in the state of Ohio. And there, too, they got a partial hand count. But. Uh, He made the case yesterday that because of that count, because of the things that were discovered, election laws were changed for the better. Voting systems uh, were studied in both Ohio and California. Uh, Many of these systems were actually decertified out here in California. The same systems that are still used today in places like Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania. We decertified a lot of those. Um, but that's what comes of trying to verify your votes. We're learning all kinds of things already, and this thing has has barely even started. U.S. District Judge Mark Goldsmith, when he ordered uh, that the counting begin in Michigan on Monday, said the fundamental right invoked by plaintiffs, the right to vote and to have that vote counted fairly and counted accurately, is the bedrock of our nation. He added there is a credible threat to the voters' right to have a determination made that Michigan's vote for president was properly tabulated. Yeah, and that was before we found out that 392 of 662 precincts in heavily Democratic Detroit, that's 59 percent, 
of the ballots uh, right now in the in the precinct poll books do not necessarily match those on the voting machine printout reports. The Stein campaign call, uh, says it's shocking that 87, 87 optical scanners in Detroit broke on Election Day. This, uh, she points out that the Civil Rights Commission uh, report uh, found that voters of color are at a massively increased risk of having their votes misread or simply tossed out due to human error or by badly maintained and poorly calibrated voting machines and scanners in underserved communities. By blocking the recount and suppressing exposure of these problems, Donald Trump and his cronies are not just perpetuating but actively defending the disenfranchisement of people of color, Stein charges in her statement late today. This recount is protecting the hard-fought, hard-won civil and voting rights of all Americans. We will not back down from that fight, she says. And then she goes on to to cite the 75,000 undervotes in Michigan, which is, in fact, 70% higher than the number of undervotes in the same area back in 2012. Maybe there's good reason for that. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump were certainly less popular than Mitt Romney and Barack Obama in 2012, but we don't know. We're all just guessing. But the number of undervotes exceeds sevenfold Trump's mar- then and just, you know, in that area alone, those 75,000 votes uh, exceeds sevenfold the margin of victory across the entire state. Nonetheless, uh, the fight continues uh, to stop ballots from being counted at all by the uh, by the Trump uh, campaign. Trump and state Republicans filed Tuesday. A federal appeal of the federal judge's order in the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. They argued that voters in Michigan do not have a constitutional right to a recount and they are threatening to uh, throw into chaos the recounts that are already underway in dozens of counties. Oh, my God. Where there is already chaos, obviously, going on. Attorney General Schutte in uh, Michigan is attempting to join the federal appeal. He's already tried to stop it in uh, in state court. Now he's going to federal court, insisting that the state courts do have the power to stop the recount. The GOP is also asking for an on-bank review. The entire uh, uh, panel of judges on the Sixth Circuit Court in Cincinnati, rather than going to a standard three-judge panel first, they want the entire Sixth Circuit Court, which tends to lean uh, towards Republicans. In the that's the federal circuit court appeal in Michigan. Meanwhile, in the state court appeal, uh, uh, state court appeal, the uh, Michigan Court of Appeals, uh, a three-member Republican bench, is expected to hear several consolidated lawsuits from Trump and the Attorney General today, as uh, Republicans attempt to halt Michigan's ca- recount on the grounds that Stein's petition is, quote, technically deficient and because Stein, quote, has no possible opportunity to earn Michigan's electoral votes. That part is probably true. (laughs) I suspect uh, Jill Stein will not be winning the state of Michigan. However, she's fighting like hell. Think of her however you like. Think of the Green Party however you like. But she is fighting like hell for every vote right now to be counted across these three states in at least as much as we can count them. They pointed, uh, she also points out uh, an, an interesting issue. Apparently, uh, here's another way where they are, they are fighting back. Uh, in the state court, um, 
the, this to fight back against the effort to stop the count. Uh, she says that uh, Chief Justice Robert Young Jr. and Justice Joan Larson, these are two members of the Michigan Supreme Court who may eventually hear this case, uh, that they have both been mentioned by Donald Trump as potential nominees to the U.S. Supreme Court, and their involvement in the case would create an appearance of impropriety, she says. So they are now moving to get those two justices removed from any hearing, uh, any hearings related to the recount. Both justices, uh, she says, have a substantial personal and professional interest in the election of Donald Trump as president and in conducting themselves in a way which is favorable to him and or hostile to, among others, other candidates for president. That, according to Mark Brewer, a lawyer for the Stein campaign in a court filing on Tuesday. <laughs> Man. So uh, this is like trench yeah. warfare. This is street oh, by yes. street fighting. Oh, yes, it is. And, and people stop paying attention when all of this stuff is actually happening and it makes a real difference. Well, they shouldn't stop uh, right. paying attention. And they really it's not even a matter of not paying attention. This stuff is not being pointed out to them. You know, they're all busy, uh, uh, you know, reporting who is to uh, coming to and from Trump Towers. And what his plans may or may not be. Uh, and they're not paying attention to find out if. Donald Trump actually won the election or not. I think that would be good to know, but maybe I'm just crazy that way. Let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back with more more broadcast. It's not just Republicans, by the way, who are fighting against ballots being counted by hand. Democrats don't seem to care for that either. That and much more after this break. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. <laughs> Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence. Why? Because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com slash donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com slash donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. We will not give in to intimidation, to legal maneuvering and to bureaucratic obstruction. We celebrate especially all the local election officials and the volunteers, particularly in the states of Wisconsin and in Michigan, where the recount is now proceeding uh, full speed ahead with a focus, uh, with respect actually, for a recount, a hand recount of the paper ballots. This is the gold standard, as the judge in uh, Wisconsin affirmed with his decision last week. What is known, and the evidence is clear, I'm not alone, there are thousands of us here. Yeah, there are. This is my democracy, you won't go telling me, my vote don't matter Unless you're with Team Trump, then you might say it. And is not worth fighting for. Fighting for your vote and everyone else's in this, this great land. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. That uh, great song, once again, from our uh, friend Victoria Parks. 
uh, at our affiliate WGRN in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, that was, uh, you heard at the uh, top there, that was uh, Jill Stein uh, in her press conference on Monday outside the Trump Tower in Manhattan, explaining her efforts in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, and the attempt to count paper ballots, and by the way, to count them by hand. She referred to the judge in the case in Wisconsin. Uh, she referred to him as a he. It actually was a she. Not to say Jill Stein is sexist or anything, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the judge in the Wisconsin case said, in fact, that uh, hand-counting paper ballots is the gold standard as opposed to running those paper ballots back through a computer optical scan machine, which counts them either correctly or incorrectly. No one actually knows. Until we bother to count them by hand. Um, but in Wisconsin, uh, in most of the many of the largest counties, they're just running them back through the same optical scanners that counted them either correctly or incorrectly in the first place. And they're able to do that since the Republicans in Wisconsin changed the law last year. It used to be. If you had a hand count, if you had a a recount like this, it was done by hand. But they changed the law to leave it up to counties and a lot of the largest counties are choosing just to run the ballots back through the optical scanners that counted them in the first place. So thanks, Republicans in Wisconsin. But it is not only Republicans and it is not only Wisconsin. Um, This was uh, someone had sent me an email last week. Uh, Rick sent an email to uh, to me, bradcast at bradblog.com, if you'd like to do the same. Uh, regarding that Wisconsin matter and said, Brad, why can't they separate ballots into Trump and Clinton piles before optical scanning? This would make it, he says, 100 percent verifiable. Well, that's true. Sounds like a great idea. But to do that, that's hand counting. If you're separating them into two different piles, I Go should ahead say and count three different piles. You got Jill Stein and the other candidates, but separate them into piles. That's how hand counting works. You put them into piles and then you you count how many are in each pile. It's really not that difficult. But that's what they're trying to avoid. So, you know, if they did them in those piles and then ran them through the machines, uh, it, it kind of defeats the purpose of using the machines, which would be fine by me in the in the first place. But as I say, it's not just Republicans who prefer completely unverified computer tallies to human beings verifying the paper ballots. Uh, and it's not just presidential races where this stuff matters. In uh, in Vermont, Vermont, liberal, Democratic-leaning Vermont. Home of Bernie Sanders. Home of Bernie Sanders. Uh, This according to the uh, Bar Montpelier Times Argus uh, late last week, with the outcome of at least one Vermont House race still unclear and another recount having taken longer than expected, officials from both parties have questioned a 2014 law in Vermont that requires requires machines to be used in the process of a recount. State officials say they'll review details associated with these recounts, but that the basic concept of machine tabulated recounts, according to state officials, is still superior to counting votes by hand. So they think that uh, that the computers are more accurate than human beings, more accurate than the gold standard of human beings actually counting the race. Or at least that's what they used to think when they passed this law in 2014. Now, these uh, these Democrats, the same Democrats, by the way, who passed that law in 2014, are starting to have second thoughts. 
uh, for some reason, uh, because in two races, uh, a ruling by a Superior Court judge uh, has bolstered Chelsea Republican Bob Frenier's efforts to be seated in the Vermont House, narrowed the legal options for state rep Susan Hatch, uh, Susan Hatch Davis, um, she uh, is, uh, is challenging his uh, six vote margin. Six votes, a six vote advantage. Right now, the tally shows that the Republican uh, won 1,850 votes to Davis's 1,844 votes. That's a six vote margin and in that particular state? seat for the state house. Yeah. State legislatures state matter. Le- right. Yep. And uh, in another state house race, between uh, Democratic incumbent Sarah Buxton and Republican David An- Ainsworth, her challenger, the margin is even closer than six races. In that one, on Election Day, Buxton, the Democrat, had a three-vote lead. But now a recount with machines under the 2014 law finds that they have a tie. 1,000 to 1,000. That's the results. Uh, And there are two votes for Ainsworth, the Republican, that are now in question. In those two votes, there are marks left by the voters. uh, Marks left by the voters touched the edge of the bubble, leaving election officials unsure of whether the machine had or had not included those votes in its count. I wonder how they could figure out hmm. if the if the machine may what have included that. What could they do? do? Now, what's interesting, of course, they could hand count them nah. uh, before a uh, that's crazy talk. Before a change in the uh, in the state's recount statutes back statutes uh, uh, before that was signed into law by Governor Pete Shumlin in 2014, recounts could be conducted by hand in Vermont, but the amended law now requires that these tabulators are used instead of a vote count. Uh, The bill itself was introduced in 2013 by a Democrat in the state Senate. In 2014, it sailed through the Senate on a unanimous vote. Everyone, everyone agreed, let's count them by machines. And it went through the House on a voice vote. Supporters had cited studies, according to this paper, uh, showing that machine counts are more accurate than hand counts. Now, I'll get to those studies in a moment. But the... uh, But the large uh, margins don't mean there wasn't opposition. For example, a man by the name of Thomas Weiss, uh, he was against the bill as it was written and in his testimony, and he's described here as a Montpelier resident and election buff. I would call Thomas Weiss uh, an election integrity hero, frankly, because he testified against this bill back in 2014, and he asked the committee to consider preserving, at least preserving, a hand count as an option. He asked that the use of vote tabulators, opscans for recounts, that those be optional at the choice of the party requesting the recount. But as written, he noted at the time, the bill would require that recounts be done by uh, by computers. He says, I think we should take the time to recount by hand. The director of elections for the secretary of state's office in Vermont, William Senig, said that uh, one adjustment in particular could have presented the confusion at least in one of these two House races. Now, one potential change would be to have all the ballots reviewed before running through the tabulator so that any ballots that would raise questions as to how they were read by the tabulator that's removed uh, and those are not run through the tabulator, those ballots can then be counted by hand and the tally of those ballots could be added to the tabulator tally, etc. 
Uh, this would avoid any question as to how a particular ballot in question was read by the tabulator. But again, if you're going to review the ballot before you run it through the tabulator, how about you just count it? <laughs> Why is this so difficult? Why do I sound like an idiot saying this over and over and over for years? Now, by the way, uh, the positions of the candidates in this case, in these two races, uh, their positions on whether we should have counts done by hand or machine, for some reason, they have changed since the recount. Uh, Ainsworth uh, had sent a letter to the Secretary of State's office before the recount requesting that it be done by hand. But after the machine-led recount showed him with the possible, possible advantage, he said that he respected the state's position that a hand count could not be done. He's good with it. Yeah. Uh, Buxton, as long as he's winning, he's good with it. Right. Buxton, uh, the uh, the Democratic incumbent in one of these races, began the day of the recount saying she had no reason to think there had been any irregularities in the process. Uh, but now is she is. Uh, is it a she? Buxton? Yeah, I think it's a she. Uh, is, but now Buxton is the one requesting that the court do a recount by hand. Davis, the other Democratic incumbent who had voted for these changes as well back in 2014, said earlier this week, that uh, seeing the machines in action has shaken her confidence now that she's losing by two votes. Uh, they may be very accurate, but if they have one ballot that is not, then that is very important, Davis said after watching the Chelsea recount unfold. So when it affects them, that's when they care. And, you know, same thing, by the way, true for uh, for Donald Trump and the Republicans. Remember, Donald Trump is out there telling you there's all of this fraud going on. But uh, his own uh, people have now gone to court in Michigan and Wisconsin and said there is no evidence of fraud. They're completely uninterested in those supposed claims of millions of illegal votes. Completely uninterested. Well, no, they say they don't even exist. According to the court filings, they don't even exist. So they're contradicting uh, contradicting Donald Trump. Donald Trump's own filings contradict Donald Trump. Uh, One more point here from Vermont. Uh, Frenier, the uh, Republican, now says he accepts the accuracy of the machines, but that it costs more than a hand recount and it appears to take longer. You got that? Uh, he says that the uh, machine counts cost more and take longer. He said we had like 25 people in the room and one machine counting the votes. He said we could have been done with this long ago if the law didn't require the clerk to do it the way it did. Just saying. Got another email here from uh, from Sheila in Oregon today. Says, Dear Brad, first of all, thank you for your valuable coverage of vote integrity and environmental news. You're welcome, Sheila. She goes on to say, I came across this, and she cites an article in the Washington Post yesterday. The Wisconsin recount may have a surprise in store after all, is the headline. She says uh, she searched for any response you may have uh, that you may have made, and she didn't find one because I haven't yet responded. Uh, particularly troubling was the sentence in this article, quote, in particular, we may learn yet again that computers are better than humans at counting ballots. That's in the Washington oh, Post brother. yesterday. She says one of the authors of this article is from the Caltech MIT Voting Technology Project. Yes, they like voting technology at Caltech MIT. Why would they write this? 
Uh, she asks, I tried to wade through the comments to find any reasonable responses, but it was too horrific. Thanks, Sheila from Oregon. Well, thank you, Sheila. Yeah, this uh, this <laughs> this piece in the Washington Post yesterday by four different people. Four, it took four different people to, uh, to, to get together. One of them, Charles Stewart, uh, who is with the uh, uh, MIT Caltech Voting Technology Project. I should note that MIT Caltech has... Long call. They were the people who were calling for uh, touchscreen voting systems about a decade ago. And uh, but uh, ones that had those so-called paper trails on them, those paper trails that are also 100 percent unverifiable after an election. Uh, they have also been uh, promoting Internet voting over the years at this MIT Caltech uh, project. In any event, uh, the op ed starts this way at Washington Post. Thanks to the efforts of Green Party presidential candidate Jill Stein, the recount is underway in Wisconsin. It is highly unlikely to change the outcome, but it is much more likely to overturn some conventional wisdom about counting votes. In particular, we may learn yet again that computers are better than humans at counting ballots. So, for some reason, they know it's unlikely to change the outcome. I don't know whether that's true or not. There's only uh, it's about 22,000 votes out of more than 3 million counted so far in Wisconsin. Uh, that's a lot of votes to, uh, to change, but who knows? Um, but here they are saying that humans are, uh, that computers are better than humans at counting ballots. They cite uh, many uh, for many advocating a recount in Wisconsin. A primary concern is that computers were involved in counting at least some of the ballots. In 2016, 90 percent of all votes were cast in municipalities that compute that used computerized optical scanners to count votes. Yes, I would say that to some that computers were involved in at least some of the ballots. Ninety percent in this case. They're not that good at math. It seems obvious that we should be more skeptical of machines, they say, that count ballots. We should be more skeptical of machines that count ballots, more so than humans who count ballots. But the evidence suggests that machines actually do a better job and support this. In support of this, they say, in the only study we know of. So they cite one single study. Uh, that looks back at uh, hand counts versus machine counts uh, over the years in in the state of New Hampshire. And they find that uh, when there were recounts that, in fact, the, the, the computers were more accurate than the hand counts because, you know, people, while they may count it correctly, they may make tabulation errors when they write them down or something like that. I guess that's the argument that they're making here. But this group, even this group, goes on to point out in this same article, of course, even if scanners are more accurate on average, this won't always be true. A machine that malfunctions could cause a big discrepancy. Well, how would you know if it malfunctioned? They say, of course, past patterns uh, that were found in this one study may not apply to this recount. And regardless of the recount's outcome, we believe it is valuable to scrutinize the accuracy of vote counting. So even they are saying we need to scrutinize vote counting somehow, even if you make the case, as I have over many years, that even if the computer tallies are 100 percent accurate, if we, the public, cannot know that, 
that that itself pre uh, presents a, a grave threat to democracy. And I believe my warnings about that are being borne out once again this year with people saying we have no idea if the election results are accurate, even with Donald Trump running around before the election saying it's going to be rigged, it's rigged, it's a rigged election. And you had millions of people who said, yeah, I don't trust the voting machines. I don't trust uh, the, the electoral process. So the more that we bury the electoral process so that the public can't oversee it, the more we end up in the messes we are uh, we are currently in right now. Begging, pleading, raising millions of dollars just to find out who won or lost a presidential election. And of course, as you mentioned, Desi Doyen, uh, the the idea that we're going to move ahead with these elections, no matter what happens, without bothering to check uh, to make sure in some way that the results are right as a deterrent, that deterrent does not exist. And so, uh, you know, right now, that's the message we're sending. Hack all you want. Manipulate the results all you want. We won't bother to check it. We won't bother to see if you did. And if you try to check it, if you try to see uh, how people actually voted, we will fight like hell in court all the way up to the Supreme Court, if necessary, to keep you from being able to do so. We did that in the year 2000. And apparently we still seem to be doing it today. Quick break and we're back with Desi Doyen in the Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your broadcast. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free broadcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. Melting for Desi Doyen here on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Oversight, oversight, oversight. Coverage of, of stories that actually matter, that make a difference in your life, in my life, in all of our lives, in the lives of the planet. Uh, that's what we try to do here every day on the Bradcast. And Desi Doyen, you have been doing the same for years now. I don't even know how many years we're at this now, but uh. eight years on the on the Green News Report. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, all of these issues that, uh, are, that keep coming uh, back that, well, that have never left, that are ignored by the corporate media. Uh, we try to keep our eyes on you do as well. And we have a lot of them today. 
in our latest Green News report. I feel like I got my feature back. Victory and a temporary reprieve for Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and Dakota Access Pipeline fight. 20% of U.S. oil and gas reserves and also coal reserves sit underneath tribal land. Trump advisors suggest privatizing oil-rich Native American lands. ExxonMobil's CEO could be the next U.S. Secretary of State. Extreme rainfall events projected to increase five-fold in the United States. Plus, the cost of cleaning up the Fukushima nuclear power plant disaster has doubled. All of those victories, costs, and disasters straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. And because we love fossil fuels, the fact is the pipe has to go somewhere. I mean, what are we going to do? Just not use oil? Come on, that's just possible. And uh... Possible, but in these United States, highly unlikely. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, amidst terrible news and a terrible season, some actually very good news over the weekend, if only for now. Yes, that's right. The Standing Rock Sioux Tribe of North Dakota is celebrating. It's a temporary reprieve in their ongoing fight to stop the Dakota Access Pipeline. This after the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers on Sunday rejected a key construction permit for the pipeline's route under the Missouri River, saying it will seek an alternate route for the project. That could take months. Standing Rock Sioux Chairman Dave Archambault on Monday thanked the Obama administration and said non-Sue protesters can go home for now until after the inauguration of Donald Trump. Tribal member Chase Iron Eyes, founder of the Indigenous Environment Network, said they know the fight isn't over. This isn't the end of the fight for clean water. This isn't the end of the fight for constitutional, civil, and human rights. This is the beginning of that fight. Stay vigilant. We do not quit. We do not stop. This was a huge victory coming after months of protests and hardship uh, by the water protectors up there in North Dakota, facing off against the private security companies and law enforcement who were just brutal to them at times, even while the corporate mainstream media paid no attention to what was going on. So congratulations to the uh, to the Standing Rock Sioux up there in North Dakota. We'll see how long the good news lasts, however. It may not last that long. Pipeline owner Energy Transfer Partners blasted the decision as purely political and says it expects to complete the pipeline without rerouting. Of course. Donald Trump explicitly supports the pipeline and has personal financial investments in companies that back the project. It is possible for a new administration to attempt to reverse the Army Corps' decision, but the tribe's attorneys have vowed to tie it up in court. Keep up the fight, water protectors. Meanwhile, Roy Reuters reports on Monday that advisors on Trump's transition team focused on Native American issues have floated the idea of privatizing tribal resources in order to reduce federal environmental regulations on fossil fuel production. Mm. But wait, it gets even worse. The Wall Street Journal confirmed on Monday that the current CEO of ExxonMobil, Rex Tillerson, is under consideration for Secretary of State, despite his lack of diplomatic experience and despite his personal financial stake in Exxon's operations in more than 50 countries. 
and despite the fact that several states are now investigating ExxonMobil for lying to the public and investors for decades about its own scientific research confirming climate change. Because they knew about climate change and they spent millions with climate change deniers trying to hoax the public. As it turns out, I guess it's just not that hard to hoax this public. Speaking of climate change, a new study projects that extreme rainfall events like the kind that caused record flooding in Louisiana and Houston earlier this year will occur five times more often in the U.S. Gulf Coast states, along the Atlantic coast, and in the southwest by the end of the century. That's according to a new study by the National Center for Climate Research. The researchers project a 180 percent increase in these types of downpours across the U.S. by 2100. Science is so several weeks ago. In other news, in Japan at the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant, officials have now doubled the projected cost of cleaning up and decommissioning the devastated plant, estimating it will now cost Japanese taxpayers upwards of $200 billion and could take 40 years. Until then, the plant's three melted nuclear reactors still require tons of seawater every single day to prevent another nuclear disaster. Finally, a bit more good news. Four major cities... Paris, Madrid, Athens, and Mexico City have agreed to phase out diesel engines within city limits within 10 years to reduce toxic air pollution. And the state of Texas last week broke its own record for wind energy production. The second time in less than two weeks, it supplied nearly half of the state's electricity at the time. Breaking wind in Texas. I knew they were good at something down there in your (laughs) home state. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to, Check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. See? Something good happened in Texas uh, when it comes to the environment, your home state. Well done, Desi Doyen. Yep. Uh, We have a bit of an update um, in the Dakota Access Pipeline fight. The company behind the pipeline, Energy Transfer Partners. Dallas-based Energy Transfer Partners. Yay! Um, The (laughs) Wall Street Journal reports that they are planning to file a court challenge. They may have already done so by the time we've reached air. But uh, basically they're saying that, you know, they're being harmed by the uh, Army Corps of Engineers decision and they're asking a judge to immediately overturn it so they can quickly finish this pipeline. The reason why they're doing that is because they actually have a contract on hand to sell a stake in the pipeline, mm-hmm. $2 billion to Enbridge, another pipeline company, and mm-hmm. Marathon Oil Company, and that could all go away if they Aww. don't meet their January deadline. Aww. So they're very, very important. To, they're very important to make this happen as quickly as well, possible. So their company, their profits margin is being harmed, and uh, we here on the planet are being harmed by them, and specifically the folks at the Standing Rock Sioux who could be harmed uh, if their drinking water is poisoned by energy transfer partners. Yeah, and one could say, oh, well, this is terrible for this company, except remember, this company continued to build and tried to get this whole pipeline built without having all the proper permits in place first. Poor energy transfer partners. I hope they'll be okay. My thanks to uh, our producer, Desi Doyen, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program or any other, including my interview with uh, Jill Stein's campaign manager yesterday, you can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. My thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate. 
to help us continue what we try to do every day here on the air. The stuff that other people won't. Maybe for good reason. I don't know. Anyway, you can also find and follow me on the Twitters at the Brad Blog or drop me email. I'm Bradcast at Bradblog.com. That is it. The good fight continues. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. 